Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. May the Lord add his blessing to this portion of his word. Let us pause for just a moment in prayer. Our Father, as we look into your word again tonight, we ask that you will bless us in a special way that our hearts and minds will be receptive to the outpouring of your spirit upon us. Be within us in our midst and strangely warm us and fill us with thy spirit, we ask in Christ's name. Amen. I have entitled the sermon tonight, Causing Joy in Heaven. Please notice the emphasis upon the word causing, that of our causing joy in heaven. And for our text, the words in the seventh verse of this chapter from Luke 15, when Jesus says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth. And over in the tenth verse, There is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repenteth. The emphasis upon the word joy in heaven caused by what takes place on earth. I want to ask you to start with, how many of you are happy? (laughs) Boy, that was a poor response. It took you a while to catch. Now let's do it over again. How many of you are really happy? I knew somebody would come to All right, I didn't qualify the statement, but let's, let's, let's say it again, and I'll use your phrase. How many of you are happy in the Lord? Amen. I thought we'd surely get one amen, and we got it. Now, we have said we're happy. What does it take to make you happy? Well, it depends upon circumstances. If you are a child, and I ask you, what would you what would really make you happy, you probably answered your parents, as my kids answered my parents, and your kids have answered you if you are a parent, that there is a a toy of some sort that they want. I can remember our second daughter, when she was three or four years old, the thing that was going to make her happy and nothing else was going to do it was a pony. Any of you ever go through that process? Well, we went to a fundraising affair for the fire department, and uh, she was just three or four. One of the things that they were doing to raise funds for the fire department was raffling off a pony. It was a little Shetland coat. It stood just about that high. As a matter of fact, well, I'll tell you about that in a minute. I bought a 50-cent ticket, and in the minds of my daughter, I had won the pony already. It was just a case of waiting till the time came to get it. She had that figured out. And I thought, what am I going to do? One 50-cent ticket and all those people, and I was going home with that pony, 
So in my little mind, I thought, well, now, you know, there's an outside chance I might actually win that thing. So I went back on the set time when it was to be announced as to who the winner was at another fundraiser. And I had my ticket in my hand, and I watched until they read off that number, and it wasn't mine. And I said to myself, as soon as they announce who has won it, I'm going to make a beeline for the announcer stand, and I'm going to be the first guy there. And I'm going to say to that person, before anybody else has got a chance, do you want to sell it? They announced a lady's name who happened to be a widow who lived in an apartment in town, and I was lucked out. If I could just get there first, I knew she wouldn't want that pony. And so I was the first person on the spot, and I said to her, will you sell that pony? And she said, yes. And I said, how much? And she said, $75, and I got my money out as quick as I could and paid her right now. And I put that little old pony, just about that high, in the back seat of a Renault <laughs> and took that thing home. And when I opened the door, here comes Lynn running barefooted and hugs her pony. The thing that was going to make her happy was that pony. And in my mind, I was determined to give her that happy moment if I could possibly do so. You've gone through those affairs, have you not? When you will do anything in your power to bring happiness to somebody. And to your child, it might be a pony or a toy or they get a little older then it might have been a bicycle or a motorcycle. And you women know that the only difference between a man and a boy is the cost of his toy. You've said that more than once, haven't you? They get more expensive as they go along. There is something that makes us happy. If you were a student in school and I would ask you what would make you happy, you might say, if I could get all A's. Well, I can remember that would have made me extremely happy if I could accomplish that. Are any of you young people in love? You're not married yet, but you're in love. What will make you happy? You might say, if I could just get married. And probably that would be true. Now, if you're a farmer, you might say the thing that would make me happy would be to have a good crop or for the rain to hold off until I get my planting done or for the rains to come when I need them. That would make me happy. Now, if you're a fisherman, I can tell you what makes me happy is when I go out fishing and the fish are lighting. Now, if you guys who golf, the thing that makes, I suspect would make you happy, if you could hit a hole in one, you'd be in, you would be in hog heaven, wouldn't you? That makes happiness. A graduate might say, I would be happy if I can find a job when I get out of school. A poor person might say, I would be happy if I could get some money. Now let's change the tone just slightly. Men, let me ask you, what would make your wife happy? Is there something that you know that would cause your wife great happiness if you just do it? It might just be picking up your socks. That would be something that would cause her happy. I see a few, a few women's heads are nodding around. Women... What is it that you could do that would bring happiness to your husband? Well, we could name lots of things. First, 
all you women are perfect and we just can't think of anything, but I'm sure if we thought long enough there would be something. What I'm saying is we all want, really, want to make somebody happy. We really want to do that. It's in our nature. Now the question is, why don't we just go do it? Why don't we do it? Well, we come up with all kinds of excuses and reasons. But if it is within our power to make somebody happy, there are times in our lives that we will do anything that we can within the limits of our ability to bring happiness to another person. Isn't that great when you can accomplish it? I'll not forget giving my daughter that pony as long as I, I'll remember it longer than she will, probably, because I loved to make her happy. And I would have done anything. I, I don't know what I would have paid for that pony. I think I would have paid any, any dollar that I could have come up with to have bought that pony on that occasion because her heart was so set on it and she was too young to understand that there are just some things like that you just can't have all the time. She just didn't comprehend that and I was willing to do whatever it took. Why don't we do it? If we have the power to bring joy and happiness to somebody else, then we certainly ought to extend every effort that we can to cause that to come about. Now, what could we do? Well, some of you women probably would say to some of us men, it would make me happy if you just quit some of those bad habits you have. Straighten up your act. It might very well be that we men could turn around and say to you women, well, it would make us happy if you would just establish some new habits that we would sort of outline. But let me tell you, there is something that we can do that will cause even joy in heaven. Cause joy in heaven. I'm not talking about causing joy in the lives of our children or in the lives of our husbands or our wives or even our parents. But we can cause joy in heaven. Well, how is that? Well, let me say before I proceed with that particular thought, I will come back to it and I'm, I'm pausing a moment. Because there are three joys that we can cause that I want to talk about. And that's the third one I want to talk about. The first one I want us to talk about is causing joy in the life of a person who is not a Christian. How are you going to do that? I'm going to ask you another question. Are you happy that you are saved? Can I hear any amens this time? Are you glad you really are? You're happy that you're saved. Well, now, if salvation has brought us so much happiness, why don't we share it? Why don't we give it to somebody else? Why don't we spend all of our energies and all of our efforts bringing physical happiness to our loved one, which is great. But we are not 
causing happiness in the lives of other people when we have the ability to do so. I like to fish, and if I ask you men, where's a good place around here to go fishing, you going to lie to me? Well, some of you might, because you wouldn't want me to go where you fish. That's your fish. I don't know. But, are you, but you know, we're going to tell people about the things that we delight in, that we enjoy. You women get on the phone, and you'll say, hey, I found a store that's having a sale, like no sale you ever heard of. You want to go. That's great. Is not this the same type attitude we ought to have toward people who do not know Jesus Christ? Hey, I've got something good, and I want to share it with you. You say, oh, they don't want to hear that stuff. You mean to tell me that you wouldn't want to tell them something good? You know it's going to benefit them. And after they have heard it, they're going to be glad. If you women ever told anybody about a fantastic sales going on, they said, shut up, I don't want to hear that stuff. Or when they came back, they would say to you, gee, I wish you hadn't sent me there. No, we come back with expressions of joy. Because we have found something at the invitation of somebody else that delighted us. I never forget a gentleman several years ago who came out of Kentucky. No discredit to you people from Kentucky. I don't guess anybody here from Kentucky is. He came out of Kentucky into Indiana, just like some poor old preacher I know. About. When I was pastoring in Indiana. We were having a church service, and this guy who was a coal miner from, from Kentucky came to Indiana and went to work in one of the plants. He was not a Christian, but he had become one, and he stood up in one of our services, and I will never forget the testimony that he gave. He said, I thought becoming a Christian was, was one of the most undesirable, despicable things I could think of. He said, I thought I was going to have to give up so much and I was going to be unhappy he said I knew I had to accept Christ before I died because I wanted to go to heaven but I didn't want to do it very soon because I didn't want to give up all the pleasures of life he said I discovered that I didn't give up anything that I am happier today than any day I've ever been didn't you discover that are we not happy in our Christian relationship then if we are we ought to try our best to give it to somebody else all right, second point. We ought to bring joy to the church. Joy to the church. Now let me, let me say to some of you, Jackie, let me say to you first, you bring joy to me when you lead this choir. You really do. Donna brought joy to me, and I'm sure to a lot of you, last Sunday when she sang that solo. Fairly, you do an outstanding job leading this church in devotional. It brings joy to me, and I'm sure to many of you. And to you girls that play these instruments, I envy you with everything that's in my being that you can do that. It delights me to, to see people who can do that. You folk 
bring joy to me. Some of you stand out in my memory, and I'm the few short weeks I've been here, I know what people sitting back there are supporting me in my preaching with every word that I say. You, you almost hang on like you're hanging on with your fingernails. And, and I know Ron went through the same thing. There are people who bring joy to the heart of a preacher who sit in the congregation. It's tremendous. We ought to be bringing joy to the church with our efforts. Next Sunday, I'm going to be preaching about the layman in the church. I think this is one of the best sermons that I have prepared in a long, long time. Maybe the best one I've ever prepared in my mind. You might think it's a dud when it's all over with, but I'm going to be talking about you guys, you see, and you ladies. The layman in the church is here in the church that it might bring joy to the body of the church. One of the things that you can do as, as a Christian is to lift up the church and make the church a joyous body by the things that you can do that nobody else can do like you can do them. And you ought to exercise that with every fiber of your being because of the pleasure that it brings to the total body. This is, this is tremendous when people will do it. But joy in heaven and I'm going to cut the sermon short because of business meeting and part practice to follow. Joy in heaven that we cause, we normally think of joy coming down from God out of heaven to us, and he makes us joyful and happy. But the scripture says here in our text that we can cause joy up there. Did you notice that? You can make heaven a happier place even while you're here. When a lost person, when a sinner repents, there is joy in heaven. Who rejoices? Let me suggest four rejoicings in heaven. Number one, God rejoices. God is joyful when a sinner repents. I can imagine our Father responding somewhat like, well, let me use this as a crude illustration, but I cannot come up with a better one, so that's why I'm using it. Like a woman who has given birth. For nine months, I, I have always felt like for nine months, most women wonder if it's worth it. Have any of you women ever thought that? But once you see that little face, you don't remember, do you? All of those agonies of nine months of carrying that child, it was worth it all. It was worth it all. I think God says this in his heart and in his mind when he sees a lost person come to Christ, yes, it was worth all the pain it took me to get that person saved. And I think Jesus rejoices, and we cause joy in his heart when he looks down upon earth and sees our efforts in leading someone to him to a saving knowledge of our Lord, and he is able to say, yes, it was worth it all. It was worth my death on the cross of Calvary to save that one soul. I believe the Lord would have died for just one 
just one, it would have been worth it. And he died for us all. Thirdly, I believe the Holy Spirit rejoices, and we're told here in the scripture that angels rejoice. There's going to be joy in the presence of angels over one that is saved. But the fourth group you may never have thought about, and that is the redeemed who are in heaven. I'm sure you have gone through this as I. A dear loved one has passed on, and in our minds we start reflecting about all of those things that we should have said and that we should have done for that person. And we feel some regrets. I have an uncle that passed away five years ago. He was as close to me as my father. He never had children of his own, and he adopted us three boys in our family just as his own, and we lived nearly as much with him as we did with our own father. But he and I were particularly close. His first wife died, and he remarried, and his second wife died, and he lived then the rest of his life alone. And I know that he was alone and lonely and needed family companionship, and I have regretted after his death that I didn't take more opportunity to be with him. I carry those regrets, and I'm sure that you have carried similar, you carry similar regrets of wishing that you had done more for that person while they were alive. The question comes, what could we do to, to make up for our failure to do more for that person while they were alive? And I might say to my uncle in heaven, Uncle, what could I do? What could I do to make up for what I didn't do when you were here? I think he would answer me in perhaps four different statements. Let me tell you what I think he would say to me. And I think your relatives in heaven would say similar things to you. I think he would say to me, aggressively proclaim the good news. Aggressively proclaim it. Not passively, but aggressively. Secondly, I think he would say to me, be a good model of what a Christian ought to be. Be a good model. Thirdly, I think he would say to me, conduct yourself in a manner that will reach out to the lost and win them to Jesus Christ. To reach out in our testimony. And I think, fourthly, he would say, personally, obey the Great Commission to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Now, that's not just for preachers. That's for laymen as well. I can cause joy in heaven by my witness on earth. And you can cause joy in heaven by your witness on earth. I think I have to go back in closing to God's statement concerning Job. When God said to Satan, Have you observed my servant Job? 
I think he was saying that with a smile on his lips, for he's upright and just in all his ways. I think Job brought joy to the heart of God. I think you and I need to be bringing joy to the heart of God, to the Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to the Holy Spirit, when we're told not to grieve him, with, therefore we surely must mean to bring him joy, and to the saints in heaven by our testimony to the lost world. Can we as Christian people cause joy in heaven by our testimony to the lost world? When sinners come to repentance, there is great joy in heaven. If we're a Christian, we can bring joy by being that instrument in God's hands that causes joy in heaven. If you are not a Christian tonight, do you want to cause joy in heaven? Let me tell you, the angels will shout tonight if you would accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You want to see a party? There is the most tremendous party that is ever held, that is held in heaven as the result of the joy that comes when a person becomes a Christian. You can cause joy in heaven tonight by accepting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Will you do it? If you are a Christian, will you still cause joy by going out to reach those that are lost? Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description. Thank you for listening, and remember to try Trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.